Today on this episode of Going Deeper, we are talking about our need for a savior in the second episode here of our fourth season, The Essential Readings of Jesus. So join me, your host, Kyle McCaskill. I'm Trip Morgan. I'm Becky Clark. As we go deeper. Well, we've got a great uh, conversation ahead of us, I am quite sure. Uh, But before we get into that, I want to remind uh, listeners and viewers out there, uh, if you're listening, I'm holding up a punch card. It's basically just a little guide that will help you keep track as you read through these essential Jesus scriptures, these 100 passages that we are doing in this season of the podcast. And we also have this guidebook that here at Trinity, our small group leaders are getting these books. And Sunday school leaders, Um, yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. But if you want one, uh, we're not gonna order one for you, but we want you to know that you can get one of these. They're not very expensive to get. You can get it at Scripture Union. I'll put a link down in the description so that you can get your book if you want. You can also use the Bible app on your phone or iPad or whatever uh, if that's the way you want to choose to follow along. The other thing, as I did last week, I want to remind you, if you like the T-shirt that I'm wearing again, that we do have these for sale now. We, we have just started selling these t-shirts and that if you want to uh, support in a very simple way the ministry that we do here at Trinity, then buy a t-shirt because the proceeds that we get from these t-shirts go straight into our outreach budget and we use that money to help people in our community and you know people that need a little assistance here and there. Uh, But like I said last week on the back of the shirt, it says hashtag for Rustin. So that as you're walking around town, if you're in Rustin with one of these Trinity Live Deeper Reach Wider for Rustin t-shirts on, that people know that, you know, yes, you go to Trinity and that's great. But really what we want people to know is that we are for them. We are for doing good things in this community. So, all right, enough of that. And they're stuff. soft. They that's are a, soft. That's it's, a selling point for women. I mean, I'm wearing are, two weeks They in are a row. soft. It's, yes, very, they're very true. It's really comfortable. Yes, it's comfortable it's and soft. One of my favorite t shirts. Mm-hmm. You know, the only thing that I like better is a Star Wars shirt. <laughs> uh, with, with all that out of the way, though, we now have to dive into probably some not so fun <laughs> no we pieces got of scripture we got stuck with some difficult passages so, yeah i am curious how like the the two smartest people in our church got to kick it off with something a little bit a little bit easier <laughs> and then y'all bring me in <laughs> on some of the heaviest stuff in the whole old yeah. testament but it does point forward to something beautiful mm-hmm. the need for a savior and us getting one yes. that's so right. i'm very excited to dive into this with y'all yeah I like that just as a side note about our readings for this essential Jesus is that we don't just jump straight into the New Testament and read the gospel accounts. Like we are really going back and talking about 
the thread, which mm-hmm. the thread is that Jesus is there from the very beginning and the plan was always going to have to be Jesus. And so there's so many places within the Old Testament that that really point towards the fact that that humanity is going to struggle and that there's going to need to be a Jesus. Yeah. To fully understand the redemption that Jesus brings us, you've got to understand how we got to that point. And this essential reading of Jesus in bits and pieces takes us through the whole journey, starting from the fall and brings us all the way to Jesus coming to us and and what he does for us. And I think it's a beautiful story. And the Old Testament does a great job of painting it. Much of the Old Testament does serve as a forerunner of Jesus, a bit of a harbinger of the coming of the Christ. And uh, I'm pretty excited to dive into it with you. Yeah. I, one of the thoughts that was going through my mind uh, as I was reading through these passages uh, is it, it's not God like running through the Old Testament and everything. It's not God just throwing stuff against the wall and see what's going to stick. No. He, he's not, you know, it, Jesus wasn't the last resort. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you just said. Yeah. Jesus was the plan. Right. Yeah. But it was a complex strategy on how to get to that, how to prepare his people Mm -hmm. for this. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I I love just, we've talked about it last week. We're going to talk about it today. And we're probably going to talk about it every single episode of this podcast coming up. But there's that thread. Mm -hmm. And... You used the word tapestry, or did you use the word tapestry? I, One of the, I don't you, think you used I, the word you, tapestry. You I? used the word tapestry. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Wasn't me. Wasn't me. Because right. like, I would totally steal that and claim it if it was. <laughs> oh wait, you know what? I think it was in the previous episode that we recorded the the beginning of the weaving of the tapestry mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. of this story of Jesus and us, God and us, God choosing us. Yep. But it's because of what? Genesis 3. Ooh. (laughs) Yeah. And if you read with us the um, E100, Mm -hmm. this is one of the early readings, as well as the Exodus reading that we had for this Mm -hmm. week is also one of the readings that we had Mm -hmm. in the Essential 100. And so obviously it should be familiar. And hopefully if you walked with uh, E100, you did have conversation with people about the the fall mm-hmm. and then about the Exodus passage. And so we'll talk a little bit about it. I think yeah. we're going to move towards some of the other passages yeah. as well, but we'll we'll chit-chat a little bit about those. You know, humankind had things going so good and life was so great and mm-hmm. we were doing so awesome for 20 verses. <laughs> we we didn't <laughs> even make verses. it a full yep. chapter. We made nope. it from uh chapter 2 verse 4 to 24 and then <laughs> that pesky serpent had his way. Uh-huh. Yep. And we stumbled and fell, and that is that's truly where where sin entered the world. Mm-hmm. You know, we were in such perfect fellowship with God. You know, they would walk. God would walk with Adam and Eve in the cool of the evening, and I can't imagine how how awesome that would be to just take a leisurely stroll with God out mm-hmm. through His creation. Yeah. And then we utterly ruined it. So this week, the focus is is the need for a Savior, right. and right here is where we crash the plane. <laughs> and yes, this is where it, it begins. Yeah. So right. one one quick little aside that I, I think you see it first here in this very first reading of this week is when the serpent says, did God really say? Mm-hmm. And yeah. that's always kind of my little red flag. If you hear 
that in scripture or if you hear somebody say to you, mm. you know, did God really say? A lot of times you kind of, that's when your ears should perk up and say, ooh, what's about to happen? Yeah. yeah. Because a lot of times we try to rationalize as Eve does here. Yes. In the beginning, try to rationalize or, or we change Right. What God says. To make it fit something that we're more comfortable with or something that serves our purposes or desires. Yeah. Well, it creates doubt. The question creates doubt within her mm-hmm. within her mind, I think is what happens. And that and then she goes, "Well, but maybe maybe I didn't hear him correctly and maybe he said it like this." So what I was assured of, "Ooh, you're making me rethink mm-hmm. what I thought I was assured of." And then you start then she starts, yes, putting words mm-hmm. in God's mouth and adding to and such. And the serpent also challenges the character of God mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. because God is is perfect, will never let us down. The serpent's like, man, if you just eat this fruit, you can be just like him. He ain't that special. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. And the craving of humanity is from the very beginning we see, well, do we need someone to lead us and guide us. Maybe we don't. Maybe we can do it all on our own and we don't have to wait and be obedient and to this to the to Yahweh, to mm-hmm. God of all creation. Yeah. You know? Uh, and that is, come on, that's the that's the thing we all wrestle with continuously, right? Do I need it? Can't I make can I do it on my own? I mean, mm-hmm. I'm sure I woke up this morning and did a few things that I was like, I don't really need God for that. You know, mm-hmm. I can make that decision and do that thing. And especially with our culture that we live in where, you know, as Americans, we pride ourselves on our independence and our ability to pull ourselves up by the bootstraps. Like that goes back to the first people, that that stubborn streak of wanting to be right. able to do it on your own. Mm-hmm. Right. And as we prove time and time again, we are, are hopelessly incapable yeah. of doing anything without yeah. God. There, there's a popular saying right now or, or slogan, uh, especially, I mean, I see so many churches out there uh, that, that use the phrase better together. And, mm-hmm. you know, because I, I think we have to use phrases like that mm-hmm. because we do have that problem mm-hmm. of thinking, well, I know what I'm doing. I don't need so and so. I don't need God. I don't need Jesus. Yep. The reality is, no, we we do. We most we're, certainly we're yeah. better yeah. together. <laughs> yep. So. Yep. That was a little off topic, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. So when in the Genesis passage, we obviously see where humanity is going to struggle. Mm-hmm. But the beauty is that God I already knew that, right? Mm-hmm. He already knew that there was going to be a struggle. And so the plan begins at this point of, okay, here's the next steps then, right? Mm-hmm. Here's the next steps that's going to get us to Jesus. And then we move to, if you don't mind, we'll move on to the Exodus passage yeah. that takes us ultimately to the Exodus passage, which is a, a another huge piece of the puzzle that God puts in place when he um, calls the people out of Egypt and takes them to the land that, he had promised Abraham so long ago within the book of Genesis. And then, you know, some things happened and they had to end up in Egypt for a while. Mm-hmm. And, but there's got to be some parameters put in place for the people of mm-hmm. God. And the truth is we need parameters. Oh goodness, um, yes. I've got kids. And so I know my kids need some parameters. They need mm-hmm. some guidelines and some structure. 
And so that's what he gives. Well, that's what he's giving the yeah. people when <clears throat> this whole scenario of the golden calf yeah. happens. And while Moses is up with God kind of taking down the notes and uh, getting all the details in place, the people are down at the bottom of the mountain. <laughs> just <laughs> They're having a uh, good old time. Being impatient mm-hmm. people, yeah. you know? And begging, begging, I I imagine in my mind, I know that Moses uh, biblically kind of from the structure and everything has probably been up there for a bit. Um, But in my mind, because of the way it's written, I'm like, dude, he's been up there 20 minutes. Y'all can't sit for 20 minutes and just wait, (laughs) calm down, you know, but it's, it's been longer than that. Mm -hmm. Um, But they just start to stress out. And what I've always wondered when reading this like they come to Aaron and it's like, hey, you need to build us gods. Like you literally just were rescued from the, one of the most powerful nations on the face of the earth. God parted a sea for you to yeah. walk through. And now you're questioning the validity <laughs> of your God. Right. Right. Uh, yeah. This seems a little audacious. To How so quickly? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's hard for us to understand as the readers kind of going, well, but I mean, and this and this and this like how how is this possible but they just become you know the coming out of egypt they're surrounded by remember we are with a group of people who understand very much a polytheistic world Mm -hmm. lots of gods and symbols and idols and all that kind of stuff and god from the very beginning has called his people to be monotheistic there is one god um you don't need all that other stuff it's it's useless it's pointless but that's a hard concept to wrap your brain around still. And so they say, let's revert back because we're scared and uncomfortable and we don't know what's coming. Let's revert back to what is comfortable and known, Mm -hmm. even if Mm -hmm. we hated it, um, Mm -hmm. but we knew it. So let's create an idol, something visual for us to be able to connect to because God seems big and scary and unknown to us in the midst of this. And so let's, let's go back to the comfort. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And uh, I, I love how Moses has to like plead with God. Mm -hmm. Please don't, please don't. (laughs) Becky and I had a conversation Uh about that an hour ago. Uh Every time I read this, (laughs) I go back to that. Uh Well, so then there's the question of, so was Moses changing God's mind? I, you know. Can you change God's mind? And this is the two hour podcast. (laughs) Uh We may just have to leave that out there Uh and see what what people think. If, If you have a question about Moses changing God's mind. There you go. Yeah. Send us your question to askgoingdeeper at gmail.com. This and is we'll a, ask Doug. This is a beautiful <laughs> Q&A question. For That's Doug. Right. For Doug. <laughs> and and uh, I told the, the audience, I told the listeners in the last episode mm-hmm. uh-huh. that at least one of our Q&A sessions in this season is going to be live. Oh, yes. At least one. <laughs> yes. We're going to do live. That is what I have heard. And Ooh. so. I'm going to be sweating on that one. Oh, I'm uh-huh. so glad I'm going to be on the other side of this. Uh-huh. Y'all better buckle up. Yeah. So Luke said he was going to be on YouTube with the comments. Oh, so yes. I'm, you know, live commenting. I'll be in the room with Luke. So it's, it's going to be a good day. Uh-huh. Oh, man. Oh, I can't wait. Okay. <laughs> well, we don't. Have, you're right. We don't have two hours for that one. But, man, that's a good question. It, it it's really a good is theological a good question. question to kind of ask mm-hmm. about. The, the mind of God and the plans of God, can humanity change them? Can, can, can the pleading of humanity 
with a faithful heart mm-hmm. change God's mind? I, I, yeah, that's a difficult question because we exist in this thing called space time right. and God is like right. not There's lot that. There's lots of thoughts I have there's, on both ends. There's yeah. a lot to unpack yes. on that. Yes, so, so bring that one to the table later. Q&A, <laughs> send in your questions, askgoingdeeper.com, gmail.com. Yes. You got it. So, um, as Moses returns, you know, Joshua says, this sounds like the sound of war in camp. And Moses says, it's not the sound of war that I hear. It's the sound of singing. Then he comes into the camp and, and he mm-hmm. sees it. And he is filled with rage and he breaks the tablets. Mm-hmm. And as, as everybody knows it, this comes into a pretty rough and hard to hard to grapple with section of, of the text. Um, he calls mm-hmm. the Levites to him and, and the Levites strap swords on and he commands them to go back and forth through the crowd and, you know, kill your brother and sister. And they, they lay low 3,000 men. They they call 3,000 from the herd and then yeah. God deals with it furthermore on his own and mm-hmm. and this seems like such a overreaction but the way I read it this is a pretty major underreaction because as guilty as each and every one of them were mm-hmm. God could have snapped his fingers and dropped them all on the yeah. spot and it would have been justified it would have been been right but to me mm-hmm. this is where God shows that he is a merciful God mm-hmm. which the generation is dealt with for none of them step into the promised land yeah. they yeah. wander for a generation in the wilderness mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. to me that was more merciful than what was deserved in the time in a, in a scene where it looks so harsh, mm-hmm. I see the love and the mercy of God to to keep them around. Yeah. Yeah. I, just one little tidbit that I don't know that I've ever noticed before because I know I've read this whole thing before, but Joshua was waiting for Moses. Yes. Yeah. I, I had... I'd not ever noticed that before. How did I miss that? You know, the interesting thing about Joshua and Moses that I think reflects to discipleship Mm -hmm. is, you know, Joshua is called to be Moses's apprentice, right? Mm -hmm. And this is an early idea of what will actually happen with Jesus and the disciples. Mm -hmm. Um, But... Joshua's job is, yes, is to wait Mm -hmm. for Moses. And yeah, he's down there at the mountain, kind of between where Moses is and the people are. So this apprentice idea is to be following and waiting for your teacher. And at the Mm. same time, kind of stand between the rest of the people. You get your information, you go to the people. So he's in the mix of it, but he's out of the mix of it because he's waiting he's mm. waiting as close as he can possibly get to his mm. teacher and when we get to the new testament and jesus and the rabbis the whole idea the whole meaning of discipleship is really one who can taste the dust of mm-hmm. your teacher yeah. you're so close and in tune and walking in step right behind your rabbi your teacher because you're trying to learn everything you can from them that essentially the idea is that you are eating their dust all the time Mm-hmm. That's the whole idea, right? Yeah. You, the closer you get, kind of the more you see how they live mm-hmm. and talk and all that. And so this is a really good example of what will then come with this understanding of the rabbi and Jesus and his disciples yeah. too. So there's I, a cool I never reflection. would have made that parallel, Becky. I yeah. love that. That yeah. is good stuff. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yeah, Joshua is just sitting. Uh-huh. He's waiting. That's... Like a good disciple would. Like a good disciple uh-huh. would. He got as close as he could get because he couldn't get any closer because uh-huh. it's the presence of God. Yeah. Um, and he could not enter into that, mm-hmm. but he got as close as he could. That's awesome. To wait. Joshua's the man. Joshua doesn't get the credit he deserves. He's That's the man. Right. 
That's right. Was uh, was Joshua the first season of this podcast we did? Oh, uh, I think no, so. because Is, we didn't do Leviticus. We didn't do Leviticus. So Joshua so may have yeah. been the first season okay, yeah. conversation. So if you want to learn more about Joshua, yeah, and you have just now been joining us, mm-hmm. go back and watch. It may be a little rough. But the very first <laughs> You're still season, learning. it's of, well worth binge listening to. Oh yeah, well I mean, worth some it. of some it's of the conversations conversation. that uh, we had at this table were just fantastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, so mm-hmm. if you want to know more about Joshua, Going Deeper Podcast Season One, check it out. We're plugging all kinds of stuff in this episode. I know <laughs> we're making everybody is, busy. <laughs> this is the season of plugging all the things, <laughs> all the stuff and the things. So we we move from the Exodus passage to really a very small bit of Psalm 14. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I find it interesting that, you know, this passage is in this essential Jesus readings. Mm-hmm. Um, because, yeah, it does look forward, but I usually don't think of the Psalms as a place to go and find out about Jesus, mm-hmm. right? But you had some interesting insight about I, that I Psalm did. passage. So I have always, always wrestled with the Psalms, especially the Psalms written by David, because you have to wade through so much emotion mm-hmm. in them because whenever David wrote the wrote his Psalms, you, you truly can get into his headspace and know exactly where he was coming from and what he was feeling. It's a very visceral reaction reading through the Psalms mm-hmm. of David. And in the early, early parts of this, it's only seven verses, I believe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But he, he does line out that we are a corrupt people and that we are mm-hmm. hopelessly incapable of doing good. But then he ends with the, the <laughs> promise of a savior. But yeah. one thing that I really thought was kind of neat is in verse six of this, you evildoers frustrate the plans of the poor, but the Lord is their refuge. As soon as I read that, like sirens started going off in my head. And it could mm-hmm. be because I recently had covered this, but my mind went straight to Matthew chapter 5 in the Beatitudes. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is mm-hmm. the kingdom of heaven. And as you go through the Psalms, you'll notice a lot of times things that he said is also said by Jesus. And there'll mm-hmm. be a spin to it. There'll be a mm-hmm. certain twist of it. He's not directly quoting David, mm-hmm. but I don't know if there are it's because David's heart was more in line with that. There's just a lot of parallels mm-hmm. between David and Jesus that I find mm-hmm. quite fascinating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, there are for the intent of David was the um, the the type for the king, like the role the role of the best type of king that you could have for the people of Israel. And remember, the king is not the most important role mm-hmm. of the people of God with God. The king was just the the steward, the idea of the steward. Mm-hmm. You know, the, the prophet was the most important voice and yes. person. Mm-hmm. Then you've got the priest and then you've got the king. The king had the least power. It's not near what you have in your mind, like the no, position that right. you have well, built Because up. we think of a king and we think... Oh, he's top dog. Right, yeah. he's top dog and you, he you know, does his own Bibles. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you know, but no, the king had kind of the lowest role. And then, you know, there's this, this portion mm-hmm. where uh, David has done a, a horrible thing and the 
priest and the prophet come in and they basically get on to David mm-hmm. and he submits and he repents and all this kind of stuff. So the, the king is kind of, he is the steward. He is the the representative for the people, the visual representative because the people cried out that they needed that, right? But he's the type. So now we've got Jesus and Jesus now is the ultimate mm-hmm. king because yeah. he's all mm-hmm. three roles, the priest, the prophet, the king. Mm-hmm. In the order and, of Melchizedek. Um, yeah, and yeah. so, right. And so they go back. So Jesus harkens back to David a lot because the people were waiting for a David mm-hmm. to come and save them yeah. from the Romans or whoever else. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> and so there are these beautiful kind of parallels between David and Jesus often. And Jesus goes back and uses a lot of words that David, David has used and a lot of visuals of David and even on the week of um, Holy Week, the fact that he comes in on a donkey, Mm -hmm. David rides in on a donkey often. That's a king role. Some of the things that he does on that day that we know as Palm Sunday um, are reflective of King David. So there's this intentional connection that Jesus makes between that. And yes, so these words as well pulled out and put into um, Jesus' teaching of the Beatitudes is significant. And Mm -hmm. the people would know these Mm -hmm. words. So they think of David and they think, well, David said those words. And the the fact that the poor have a um, specific place and are going to find favor with God Mm -hmm. and a, a place has been created by God for them. And Jesus utters that as well, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, and so it's like Jesus is saying, so see, like I'm the David, but better, right? Mm-hmm. I'm the David mm-hmm. that you've been waiting for, but uh, but even better because you can't even imagine how great it's going to yeah. be. Um, but the, there's these little tidbits that he leaves. So. Mm-hmm. So we could spend another 30 minutes in the Psalms passage, but I really would like to leave a little bit of time at the end to, mm-hmm. to dig into Isaiah and especially Amos. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Right, well, let's just jump on straight into that because I, the Psalms, especially that passage, is pretty short. It and is. I, I think it up is. to this point, our daily readings have been very approachable. Yeah. Um, and, and small little bite-sized pieces, but now we're really starting to get into... Yeah, uh, you know this this Isaiah passage mm. is a pretty significant chunk. It, and, it is, and it's pretty heavy all the way through. Yeah, and reading the the more I guess prophetic portions mm-hmm. of Isaiah because there are historical sections of Isaiah, mm-hmm. and and we're at this point really square in the prophetic, mm-hmm. you know, looking forward section of this book and Isaiah's prophecy. It's not the easiest thing to read and understand. N- none of none of Isaiah is, unless you're way smarter no. than me. Like, <laughs> no. So we there, do there have, Isaiah be, is a hard book. There it might is. be folks that it's child's play, but for me, I really have to buckle down whenever I come into this book. Yeah. Yes, me too. And we, I've done an Isaiah study, and I'm still, like, I... I need to do that one mm-hmm. plus 15 more to this try to grasp four better or five with <laughs> Isaiah Bible study. <laughs> there is an IBID. We should do another one uh-huh. soon. Um, okay. Well, so I was telling a trip that I think before we really jump into Isaiah and Amos, we need to give a little bit of context mm-hmm. to help Bible readers because when you get to the major and the minor mm-hmm. prophets, things start to get really complicated in the reading of scripture. Yeah. And that is because your Bible is not really set up chronologically. 
Correct. And you have the added complication of uh, after Solomon dies, the kingdom of, of the people of God splits. Yeah. Yes. And so then you've got the Northern kingdom and the Southern kingdom. And for the Northern kingdom, you have a king. For the Southern kingdom, you have a king. For the Northern kingdom, you have a prophet, sometimes two. For the Southern kingdom, you have a prophet, sometimes two. And... The Southern Kingdom is called Judah. Mm-hmm. And the Northern Kingdom is typically referred to as Israel. And then sometimes the whole kingdom, the North and the South, is referred to as Israel. Mm-hmm. So not confusing at all. Two no. totally separate and independent geopolitical entities that use the same name from time to time when they want to. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't see where this is confusing this, at all. This is not hard at all. This yeah, is not they, hard they each had, at all. Know, Two dozen kings, most of them were bad, all but like one. Right. Or two. <laughs> Absolutely horrible. Mm-hmm. So when yeah, we get we to Isaiah and Amos, actually, they're around about Amos as a prophet comes a little before Isaiah, but then there's all kinds of other debates about when the book of Isaiah is actually written and then when it's recorded, and that's just too complicated to get into. But Amos is the prophet in the northern kingdom. So when we read him, we read his words of being the prophet of the Northern Kingdom under um, mostly Jeroboam too, but mm-hmm. there seems to be maybe he came in on the tail end of, um, of, of Ahab at the very tail end and then kind of really is mostly in Jeroboam. Isaiah references, references Uzziah, who is the king of the Southern Kingdom, who is the king of the Southern Kingdom during the time of Amos being a prophet. Mm-hmm. So there's a little bit of crossover, but not a little bit of crossover, but it's beautiful that we're reading these two passages kind of together mm-hmm. because what you see is it's not just a Northern problem mm-hmm. of the people of God, or it's not just a Southern problem of the people of God. They honestly are consistently doing a bad job. It's, it's a problem with the people of God. It is a problem with the people of God. And we can widen it up. It's a problem with people. It yes. Is a, yes, it is a problem. So, there's your history lesson mm-hmm. of to, to get into the passages, these two passages. Okay. <laughs> now I can talk about them. <laughs> so both, both of them, I can kind of summarize 80% of both of the texts we read. We really stink as a people. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we, uh, uh-huh. we are, we yeah. are terrible. Yeah. We have strayed from God. Yeah. But, there is room for redemption. There, mm-hmm. there is desire for redemption in in both passages, and mm-hmm. that is that's an encouraging thing. And Isaiah goes a little bit further on it. Uh, Amos, I kind of, I kind of jive with Amos a little bit. My man was a farmer before he was a prophet, mm-hmm. and he was fed up, and God made him a prophet. Yeah, and. He didn't hold back. Like, mm-hmm. well, Isaiah doesn't either, but but Amos, Amos was coming in hot yeah. with most of most everything he did. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But uh in Isaiah, he comes back into more towards the end of his end of this chapter mm-hmm. with with a plan for redemption, with a promise of not yeah. a plan for, more with a promise of redemption. Right. They're they're at the very end, twenty twenty one. And and it even opens with a bit of that, because as I was reading the the Isaiah chapter, I was getting just Sad. Uh, I mean, well, it's hard not to. Your iniquities have separated you from God. Your evil deeds are acts of violence. But I kept reaching back to surely the arm of the Lord is not too short to save, Mm -hmm. nor is his ear too dull to hear. Mm -hmm. Yeah. 
we might be rotten and off the rails Mm -hmm. and terrible, Mm -hmm. but all the things that we are, our heavenly father is not. Mm -hmm. He is, he's the antithesis of the antithesis of those things. Mm -hmm. He is pure. He is righteous and he is present. And he is, he is wanting to be in right relationship with us. Yeah. That is why we need a savior. We mm-hmm. needed a savior. We need a savior today because those problems are still real in our world. Those problems are still real in my life. Yeah, mm-hmm. absolutely. I need Jesus every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think the, uh, the, the beauty of that is we have the benefit of looking backwards at this. Mm-hmm. You know, we in today exist in this, not just post incarnation, but post-resurrection mm-hmm. reality. So we have the experiences of all these people mm-hmm. that had to deal with this stuff. And it's, you know, these words that were written to people, mm-hmm. you know, thousands of years ago, you're like, oh, they really screwed up, you know? And, you know, you can, so I can look at my, you know, yesterday, I'm like, hmm, I really screwed up. Yes. You know? yes. <laughs> yes. Like literally yes. yesterday, hmm, really screwed up. <laughs> I don't know what I did, but I'm sure I screwed up. <laughs> Uh, but we have the benefit of we're now looking backwards at what the the original readers of these words were looking forward to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so th- thank God that we are where we are. I know it's a lot. It's hard for people to say that, you know, like, oh, wow, the world is so terrible. But man, you read this. Yeah. And you think I, it might have been terrible or. Yes, terrible. Yeah. <laughs> well, and and you also have to remember context of this passage. It is it is thought that the back end of the book of Isaiah was really recorded during the time of an exile. Mm-hmm. So because of the people's faithlessness, they have lost their land and lost family and have been carted off. Right, and so they are feeling really hopeless. But the truth is that they brought it upon themselves. All of these things that mm-hmm. happen in Isaiah, it's kind of like the author is saying, let me remind you of, of why you're at the place that you're at, okay? So that you really grasp. I mean, I know you grasp because you're in exile, but that you really grasp again, the fact that you're in exile is because of your your lack of faith and your disobedience and your desire to want to look like everybody else in the world, mm-hmm. which was not mm-hmm. your calling as the people of God. Right. Your intent and calling as the people of God is to be different, is to look different, is to reflect the God of all creation to all of the other pla- people and places so that they can know mm-hmm. God. And scripture tells us that it's possible that those people can then know God and come into the family mm-hmm. of God, right? So, but they they just weren't. They were a hot, hot mess. Mm-hmm. And so they're in exile being reminded because I think we've established in lots of other places, it is important that we are, that we remember. Yeah. How many times in all of yeah. the Bible? Yeah. And sometimes mm-hmm. not fun remembers, remember. right? Like it's, yeah. it'd be fun to be like, oh, I remember when God did this really cool thing. But it's also important for us to remember the really difficult things and remember the things when we have made bad choices because mm-hmm. you don't want to repeat those bad choices. Mm-hmm. So the author is saying, hey, remember all of this mm-hmm. stuff. Remember all these things. Yeah. But in the Old Testament, it's 133 times. The remember. That word yeah. remember. And yeah. then remembered, remember. Yeah. There, there are different yeah. versions of it, but oh my gosh, it's like 
a lot. Which think back whenever y'all did the Joshua study, I mean, it kind of opened my eyes up to that because there's like a dozen times in the book of Joshua they built temples of remembrance. Mm-hmm. Yep. And the purpose being whenever somebody would walk past mm-hmm. this spot, they would be able to hearken back to what happened and mm-hmm. right. whether it be good or bad. Right. Because you know? right. not all of it were yeah. celebrating victories. Yeah. No. You know, no. You, you, you put these things into place to help you remember uh, I, I love that. It's just, it reminds me of Indiana Jones in the last crusade. You know? <laughs> I wrote it in the diary so I wouldn't have to remember, you know, right. so leave yourself those markings, leave right. yourself those yes. things to right. help you remember. Right. But it's, but it's, as you said, Trip. the, the, the truth at the end though, is where we got to cling that it, at a point God turned his back on his people because ultimately really the truth is the people mm-hmm. turn their back on God. And he had no other choice then but discipline, right? And that's that's hard for us to grasp sometimes mm-hmm. because it makes God feel really distant and mean. But that's not that's that's not so the far. truth. It's the yeah. love and the grace and the mercy yeah. that we talked about. But at the end, the prophet Isaiah comes back, and I, I feel like he's crying out to the people. So there was there was sin and there were bad choices, but God's arm is not too mm-hmm. short, and his his memory and his love is a whole lot bigger, yeah. and he has this really great mm-hmm. plan in store to bring us back to restore mm-hmm. us, yeah. right? Um, and so while you're sitting in this exile place, just wait because mm-hmm. it's coming and yeah. it's going to be good. So there's this kind of anticipation at the end of this Isaiah passage of mm-hmm. like, but it, it's good. Ooh, it's going to be good. Yeah. It's going to be good. Well, and, and I think it's, it's important for us to, you were just about to touch on it, uh, to go back and think about, you know, you said the idea of discipline of mm-hmm. God, mm-hmm. if, if there wasn't that need for the discipline of God, then there's no need for a savior. No, there's not. Yes, the love of God is Mm -hmm. the overarching characteristic of God that everything else falls under. And that includes the wrath of God and the discipline of God. All Mm -hmm. that stuff is under that umbrella of love. Mm-hmm. Because if we don't have the consequences that we have no way to pay fully, we have no way to rectify mm-hmm. in and of ourselves, without that, we have no need for a savior. So no. because there's something that we are completely and utterly incapable of doing, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. If we were capable of paying our own debt, mm-hmm. because see the the wages of sin is death. If we were yeah. if we were capable of paying our own debt, mm-hmm. there would be no need for Jesus. But we are, like I've said before, hopelessly incapable. Yes. It's not yeah. just that now we can't quite get there; we can't even get close. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I think that needs to be on a T-shirt. I'm hopelessly incapable. Hopelessly incapable. <laughs> but it's in the in, very best way. It's in yes. that, that lowest place mm-hmm. that yeah. sounds so bad. Where there's so much love and joy and freedom. Yeah. It's once you realize that, hey, I can't do this on my own. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That you find the power to do anything in the world. Right. Yeah. Well, and I think one of the things that we as humans often don't realize is the existence of boundaries mm-hmm. provide a level of freedom. Yeah. Without boundaries. Yeah. 
Well, get, yes. you know your safety. Yeah. You know you you know where the net is. Yeah. So if you fall, you're okay. Mm-hmm. So boundaries are not. I don't. I don't know where we ever got the idea that boundaries and parameters were a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Like somebody decided that, and everybody was like, "Yeah, yeah, 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 I got you. Yeah, if, I got if it." You've I'm ever, with you. If you've ever had to interact with a child who is given no boundaries, mm-hmm. you can tell they a mess. They're a mess. <laughs> but why are they a mess? Probably because they're unhappy. Yeah. Because they they have no sense of mm-hmm. security uh-huh. and direction. Mm-hmm. Y'all, y'all about to get me fired up. I love talking about Jesus in the morning. This, this is this is a good way to get the day going right here. It is a great way. Do you want to move to Amos? Are you ready? I feel I thought, like you were doing thought, the happy dance over there. I thought we've been in Amos. We're uh-huh. on Jesus now. We, okay. <laughs> God, we have those parameters. God gives us those parameters because he loves us. Yeah. And he also gives us the ability mm-hmm. to test those yeah. because he loves yeah. us. Because I promise I've, I've pushed just about every, every one of those boundaries uh-huh. because I am a knucklehead. <laughs> and God has quickly shown me that there is no life mm-hmm. outside of his circle of light. Like yeah. there's, there's, mm-hmm. there might be some intrigue, but there ain't no life out there. Yeah. yeah. All right, let, let's fall into Amos. Yeah. <laughs> if we don't get into Amos now. We don't have we, too much time left. Yeah, I think we got to okay. wrap up. So we got a minute or two of Amos. Yeah. And you've already told us you yeah. you really well, relate to Amos, but it's a painful so, time. No, I just relate to him because my man was stirred up. Like, uh-huh. <laughs> like, I can get wound up a little bit too. So me and Amos kind of got that in common. Absolutely. Uh-huh. So I, for me, the thing that I saw in Amos was it, it kind of leaves you hanging. This is to me the the to be continued until you you go mm-hmm. into next week's reading. Uh-huh. Because you get to the end of it and you're like next page. Next oh, page. That's that that's not cool. <laughs> yep. <laughs> I I don't want to live here. Yeah. You know? Yes. And unfortunately, what comes after that, there he is. I don't even think I'm using a handy dandy timeline. Really helps, a really helpful handy dandy timeline. Where did you get scripture. it, Becky? I got it from uh, Dr. Sandy Richter. She creates a lot of really wonderful Bible studies, but she has created this awesome handy dandy timeline that takes you all the way from Eden to Jesus, mm-hmm. really. And uh, it's so super simple to use. Mm-hmm. But, you know, uh, Hosea and Amos are pretty much the last prophets of the Northern Kingdom before uh, it's before it's gone, you before know. the Assyrians come and destroy it. And so, yeah, it leaves you hanging because mm-hmm. there's like this Tim, there's this piece um, of the cliff, right? You're on the mm-hmm. cliff, and it's like, are you going to go back or are you going to fall off? And he kind of says, so it's ultimately it's your choice. Mm-hmm. What are you going to do? Because something is coming mm-hmm. for you. So what's your choice, people of God? What are you going to do? Mm-hmm. Leaving, leaving that up to you, yeah. right? It's that, that choice to me is the, the ultimate proof of God's love for us. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you've listened to any of our episodes in the past at all, you know that I'm a huge C.S. Lewis fan. Uh, one of my favorite books of his is The Great Divorce, and it's not about marriage at all. It's <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, but there's a statement in that book that that talks about the existence of heaven and hell, mm-hmm. and it's a slight detour here, real quick. But the concept that it, it's not God's choice for us to go one way or the other; it's our choice. Ooh, yes, we're we're already on the way to hell. Yeah. He just provides us an alternate route. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, I mean, this, this in, 
Amos, it's basically telling us mm-hmm. you're going to be mm-hmm. yep. away from me. You're, you're choosing to mm-hmm. put yourself on the road, maybe the highway. <laughs> it's, it's your call. Uh, maybe. Yeah. Your yep. call, baby. Because mm-hmm. he says, seek me and live. Do not seek Bethel. Do not seek Gilgal. Do not journey to Beersheba, for Gilgal will surely go into exile, and Bethel will be reduced to nothing. Seek the Lord mm-hmm. and live. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's no place. There's no place you can go. It, it's a person. Yeah. If that is where it's you find God. your refuge yeah. is in these grand places. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Your treasure will be the same. Yeah. Yep. And so, you know, as Tripp said at the front end, it's like here we are left at the end of this week in this reading of Amos with another, so it is the cliffhanger. So Here's the people's choice. Unfortunately, they, it's not good. Their choice is not good. Uh, it's more of the Bible. Um, but again, it's, it's the Jesus that we need. Mm-hmm. Like there's, there's, this is the reason right here. Amos reaches out and says, your, your sin is just creating such a chasm and a distance. What are you going to do? But even in the midst of that, mm-hmm. God knows the people are just going to struggle and so there has to be Jesus. Yeah. Right? There has mm. to be. Essential Jesus. I'm going to tease Essential. next week Essential. real quick. Next week we get previews of a Savior. Mm-hmm. And so we're going to need that yeah. after this week. Yeah. We have the benefit of knowing how the story ends. Mm-hmm. But if you didn't write now, it'd be a pretty scary spot. <laughs> yeah. like, You'd be real, I'm, yeah, real nervous. If I'm sitting here as uh, a, uh, was this like fifth or sixth century BC? Uh, uh, yeah. It was a long time ago, long person yeah. time ago, reading or far, hearing far these away. words. You wouldn't read them, you would hear them. And you're hearing that mm-hmm, you're going to go you know, into exile beyond Damascus. And I'm sitting here thinking, hmm. I don't think I want to be there. Nope. It's nope. not pretty. Not so much. So, but as always, we want to get your questions. So send us your questions to ask going deeper at gmail.com and we can include those in an upcoming uh, Q&A session. Uh, Trip has pledged that he's going to send us questions. <laughs> Y'all better buckle up. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, and again, if you're not already subscribed to this, go ahead and subscribe to the channel. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe on whatever mm-hmm. podcast platform and share it with somebody because we all know people who need Jesus. And this this entire season mm-hmm. of this podcast, we're in the second episode right now. Going forward, the whole thing is about pointing people, pointing ourselves mm-hmm. It's not just us telling you, it's us telling ourselves, Mm -hmm. pointing ourselves towards Jesus. So give us a comment, tell us what you think, tell us maybe in this episode specifically how it has made you feel, uh, some of these things, and maybe try to put yourself in the place of the original Mm -hmm. hearers of these words, uh, what, what they must have been dealing with in those times. But at that trip, this has been fantastic. I'm oh, so I've glad you I've enjoyed every minute of it. Come on Cannot back. wait to do it again. I know. Yay. You're coming back in a few weeks. Yes, just a few short uh-huh. weeks to sit tight. Yeah. And uh, Becky, I think you're back again with us next week. I think so. Uh, so 
Get ready. We're going to have previews of a savior next week. And after that, it's just, I guess the sky's the limit from there. Yep. So thanks for the conversation, y'all. Thanks for listening. We will see y'all next time. Bye.